Welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at gbcakron.org. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at gbcakron.org. That's I-N-F-O at gbcakron.org. Also, if you would like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting gbcakron.org forward slash giving. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. We've been uh, talking about the fruit of the Spirit And uh, this is what God is trying to develop inside of us. When we become a follower of Jesus Christ, he places his Holy Spirit inside of us. And the, the, the Spirit is there to develop godly character traits within us. And we've been looking at this verse, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It lists nine godly traits that God is actively right now, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he is actively trying to produce these nine traits inside of you. And so we've been looking at each one of these traits and what can we do to cooperate with the spirit so, so that we can, instead of uh, resisting the spirit or fighting or, or debating, what can we do to cooperate? Because all of us, we're like tubes of toothpaste, okay? You know, you know what's inside a tube of toothpaste, right? Toothpaste. And, and what happens? How do you get the toothpaste out? You, you squeeze it. Well, when we get squeezed in life, whatever is in us is what comes out. And here's the problem. You can't put it back in, okay? And so if, if, if God is developing these godly traits inside of us, when, when we get squeezed in life, maybe, maybe these traits are what would come out. And, and people would see that as a follower of Jesus, we're an alternative to what's going on in the world. We're not an echo of it. Because unfortunately, what happens to, to a lot of believers is they believe in Jesus, okay? They, they believe in God, they believe in Jesus. But they just try to Christianize their anger. Or they try to Christianize or justify or, or somehow uh, explain away the things that are coming out of them that shouldn't be coming out of them. And so what happens is, is many times when, when we're not allowing God's spirit to change us from within, really we just act like everybody else, our attitude is like everybody else, our words are like everybody else, except we just throw in some Christian lingo and, and go to church. And really that makes us not very different at all. And so that's why these nine traits are so important because it's, it's God's way of revealing to the world who his people are because we're acting in a way that represents him and reflects who he is in the world. And this, this morning, we're gonna be looking at the trait of, of faithfulness. You know, ordinary, routine faithfulness can have a great impact in life. And a lot of times we get bored with it. A lot of times it seems very mundane. But if we will just be faithful, there's a a tremendous impact that happens. And I hope as we spend some time together this morning 
that you're gonna be able to see that. In Galatians 5:22, it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Faithfulness. That's what we're gonna look at this morning. The word actually means a state of certainty. In other words, you can believe it. There's a, there's a certainty about someone who is faithful. It means that they are dependable. It's a, it's, a, it's a state of dependability where someone you just know, someone who is faithful, you can count on them. They're not gonna flake. They're, they're, they're not gonna ghost a situation. They're, they're dependable. They, they show up. It means that what has been said, what has been pledged will happen. That's, that's what it means to be faithful. Uh, the, these last three traits that we're gonna look at, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, are probably the, the traits that come most difficult because they require maturity and growth in the Lord. Being a faithful person, I mean truly dependable, a state of certainty. In other words, when people think of you, they would say, that person you can count on them. If they said it, they will do it. They are faithful. That's what you and I wanna aim for because that's who God is. God is faithful. And these nine traits, what, what it is, these nine traits, they all describe who God is. And so this is who God is developing you and I to be as followers of Jesus, that we would have this trait of faithfulness. I want us to look at several Bible verses this morning because in the Bible, if a, if a particular verse is not explicitly saying God is faithful, it's always pointing to his faithfulness. And I can't tell you how hard it was to narrow down the verses that we would look at this morning because over and over and over again, the Bible reiterates God is faithful. Look at what it says in Exodus 34. God said this of himself. He said, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. He abounds in it. In other words, he, he's an expert at faithfulness. In Deuteronomy, it said, Moses said this of the Lord. He said, he is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. David in the Psalms had a lot to say about God's faithfulness. Look at what he said in chapter 26. He said, for I have always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. Again, he wrote, your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. That verse was made pretty popular with some songs. But again, it talks, about, it talks about God's faithfulness. It just does not end. There's never a moment in a day that God is not 
faithful. If he has said it, it will happen. If you are counting on him, he will show up. He is always faithful. David went on to write in chapter 40, do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. Chapter 91 of Psalms, he said, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Isaiah said this of Jesus, righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It continues on into the New Testament. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is faithful. Second Thessalonians, again, Paul wrote, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Over and over and over again, we see the Bible speaking of God's faithfulness. Not only is God faithful, God's called us to be faithful. That's what he's developing inside of me and you as we follow Jesus Christ, that we would be faithful. And in the last days, faithfulness is pretty important. Look at what Revelations says. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity they will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword they will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of of God's people. Over and over and over again, the Bible talks about this attribute of faithfulness. Being a faithful person, being like God, faithful, dependable, trustworthy, someone who follows through, someone who keeps their word, keeps their promises, someone who does the right thing for the person that they're faithful to. You see, when the Bible talks of God's faithfulness, this is, a, this is the first observation. It is that God's faithfulness provides for our security. We find that over and over again when God talks of his faithfulness. In all the verses that we've looked at, God's faithfulness provides security. It's, it's security in our relationship with him. Again, the state of being able to trust him, uh, uh, being able to depend on him, of being able to know that because he said it, it will happen. But the second observation is that God reveals his faithfulness through his people for his people. Here's here's what you and I may forget sometimes. Faithfulness and commitment, they might be cousins, but they're not exactly the same thing. We are committed to things. Like, Like I'm committed to being a fan of the Crimson Tide. That's probably not gonna change, okay? I'm committed to that. But that's a thing. That's a that's a thing out there. Faithfulness 
is something that we display to people. Faithfulness is something that we use in our relationships with people. Commitment, there's all kinds of commitment out there. I know people who will only buy Apple products. Used to be years ago that people would only buy a certain brand of vehicle or they would only shop in certain stores. They were committed to those, but that's commitment. Faithfulness is to people. It's a direct, it's a direct line with how we treat one another. God's faithfulness is, is it's directed to people. It's directed to us. And so when we think of faithfulness, we're thinking about faithfulness in our relationships, not faithfulness to our causes. We're committed to a cause. We're faithful to a person. Do you see the difference? And that's what God is is trying to develop inside of me and you. And so when God's faithfulness is displayed in our world, it comes through a person to another person. That's how faithfulness displays itself, through God's people to someone else, someone being faithful like God is faithful. If we were to look into the Bible for an example of faithfulness, I, I can't think of anyone better than, than Ruth's faithfulness to Naomi. Those of you in the room and watching online who are Familiar with God's word, you know in the Old Testament there's a book of the Bible there called Ruth. It's not a very big book of the Bible, it's only four chapters long, but it tells an amazing story about a young immigrant refugee woman who falls in love with the Lord and faithfully commits her life to her mother-in-law. And that faithfulness to her mother-in-law is a reflection of her faithfulness to God. She's going to trust God, and in trusting God, she's going to be faithful to her mother-in-law. Naomi, if you are familiar with the story, tries to talk Ruth out of going with her. Ruth is uh, gonna stay with Naomi no matter, no matter where Naomi goes. And Naomi is going back to Bethlehem and Ruth is not from Bethlehem. And Naomi tries to convince her to not go with her. But look at what Ruth says to her in verse uh, 16 of Ruth chapter one. It says, but Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried with you. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined, faithful, to go with her, she said nothing more. A lot of times when we read those verses, we think of, of someone who's, who's uh, getting married and this is kind of their vow to their spouse. Ruth wasn't getting married. She was talking to her mother-in-law. Now think of your mother-in-law. Ruth was displaying faithfulness. And, and what makes it so amazing, uh, Ruth's words, they're one, of the, they're one of the strongest words ever communicated in the Bible of someone who is, who is placing their complete trust in, in the Lord 
and displaying that trust by being faithful to someone else. We know in the Bible that Abraham heard a call from the Lord. We know that Moses had a burning bush experience. Samuel heard God's voice. David was anointed by Samuel. Even the 12 disciples had a personal encounter with Jesus when he showed up and looked at them in the eye and said, come, follow me. Ruth had none of that. We're not aware of anywhere in scripture where God spoke to Ruth or gave her some kind of promise that if she stayed with Naomi, everything would be okay? No, she just places her faith in God and she displays that by staying with Naomi no matter what. It was a tremendous display of faithfulness. And life's most important decisions, the most important choices that we make, they're, they're not about geography, they're not about our careers, they're not about how we spend money or where we're gonna go on vacation, nope. The most important choices we make in life is where are we going to display our faithfulness? With whom are we going to be faithful? That's an important choice. That's a choice that has great weight attached to it. So where is faithfulness needed? I want us to spend some time thinking about this this morning when we're talking about being faithful. Well, to whom should we be faithful? I want us to think about three things this morning, three individuals that we should consider displaying great faithfulness. The first is that we should show faithfulness in our relationship to Christ. If you're sitting here this morning and you are you saying, you know, look, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe in him, but I do more than believe in him. I actually follow him. Because see, there's a lot of people who follow. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, there's a lot of people who believe, but not very many people follow. And those who follow, that, that following Jesus is displayed through their faithfulness to Christ. Their dependability to follow Christ and to stay in step with him. In Psalms 86, again, David wrote, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. You see, divided hearts have a hard time being faithful. It means their loyalty is, it's distracted or, it's, or they're trying to, to divvy out loyalty to opposing things. It would be like someone saying, I am for Ohio State and Michigan. <laughs> yeah, immediately, everyone kind of gets a bad taste in their mouth, right? It's kind of like, that's a divided loyalty. How can you do that? Now then, we're talking about college football there, but let me tell you, there are people that do that in their walk with the Lord. 
I am for the Lord, and I am also for things that are diabolically opposed to the Lord. That's not faithful. That's not what it means to be faithful. Faithfulness is an undivided heart. And notice, it's not easy to come by. If it were easy to come by, David would not be asking the Lord to give him one. You know what the Bible says of David? That he was a man after God's own heart. But it didn't come natural to David. It wasn't like he was born with with the, the extra sensitivity for the Lord. No, he sought faithfulness. Lord, give me an undivided heart. And that's what it means to be faithful to the Lord is to know that in our hearts, we're not divided. Our loyalty, our faithfulness is to him first and him alone. You can't follow the Lord and a career path if that career path is leading you away from him. You can't follow the Lord and your family if your family is walking away from the Lord. An undivided heart, that's a faithful heart. It says the same thing in the New Testament. In James chapter four, it says, do you not think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. In other words, when, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, God places his spirit within you and that spirit is jealous to follow God, to be faithful to God. So when you and I are not faithful, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus and, and, and you, have, you have something in your life that's not faithful to the Lord and you do that, you're actually gonna be more unhappy because God's spirit inside of you will not let you be happy. His spirit longs, the spirit within you longs for you to be faithful for him. So when I engage in something that is not faithfulness to the Lord, I don't enjoy it like someone who's not following the Lord. Someone who's not following the Lord gets to enjoy that, whatever it is, they get to enjoy it completely because they have no spirit of God within them checking that and saying, you shouldn't want that. This isn't right. Something's out of place. And some of you sitting here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you sitting here have no idea what I'm talking about. And that should concern you. He's placed his spirit inside of us and it longs for us to be faithful. Look at what this verse goes on to say. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace 
to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. That's, that's how we know when faithfulness is not working itself out of us, our loyalties become divided. Something else ranks right up there with, with following the Lord. And when those two things meet, the Lord loses. And we're not faithful. Faithfulness is found, first of all, through humility. That's what this verse is talking about. We must humble ourselves. We must believe that God knows better than I do. That God knows better for my life than I know for my life. And I humble myself to him. But then we must resist the devil. We, the temptations are gonna come. We're, we're, gonna be, we're gonna be tempted to not follow the Lord in some capacity and we must resist that and then move towards God. It's not enough just to say when we're being tempted, if I'm being tempted to walk this way and I'm gonna resist that, it does, it's not enough just to stand here and say, well, I'm not going that way. I'll show you I'm not going that way. No, we must turn and move to God. And immediately the scriptures remind us that he comes, he's there. The moment we move to him, he's there to help us be faithful. He's faithful. So he, he will empower us to be faithful to him. We need to show faithfulness in our relationship to Christ. Faithfulness is something you see. Just as two people are married for 40 years or, or any year and they, cele they celebrate their marriage, what they're celebrating is the faithfulness. Not another 365 days. They're celebrating the faithfulness of being together and people celebrate that with them. And so, so we celebrate our faithfulness by walking with the Lord. People can see our faithfulness. Speaking of marriage, that's the second place that we should display our faithfulness. It's inside the marriage relationship. Proverbs 5.15, Solomon he meant no words. He said, drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Be faithful to your spouse. Wife, be faithful to your husband. Husband, be faithful to your wife. Let that be the only well you drink love from. Don't go looking for it anywhere else. Hebrews 13.4 echoes the same thing. It says, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. We don't like to talk about God judging people. It's very, it's very um, un, unpolitically correct to talk about judgment. Here's the thing. God's judgment hasn't started yet. 
So if God hasn't started judging people, guess what? Me and you shouldn't be judging anybody either. But the Bible makes clear, the Bible makes it clear that those who are unfaithful in their marriages, God will judge that. He will. You know, I, I want what I share from God's word to be practical. And, and so in the, in the name of being practical, let me, let me share with you something. Cherry and I, uh, we've been married going on 28 years. And, and by God's grace, I have been faithful to her. By God's grace, that has happened. But when I have had moments, and everybody has moments, when they meet someone, they click with someone, someone that shares interest in them, and there's that temptation of letting that relationship develop that happens to everybody that's in a marriage relationship. There have been four reasons that, that I think have, that, that God has used, he's, he's brought them to my mind, whatever, however we want to say it, because listen, I, I am capable of great evil. And if you don't know that about yourself, you're in trouble. But, but there's, there's four reasons that God has reminded me through these 28 years of why I do not want to be unfaithful to my wife. The first one is I, I truly love Jesus. I do love him. And the Bible says that if we love him, we will obey him. And so, so my obedience to Christ is, is it's, it's proof of the love. And, 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 I, and I do, I love him. So as I love him, I, I want to obey him. And that's one of the reasons why I've been able to be faithful to my wife. Another reason is, is that I love Cherry and the boys. I love them very much. And I know that if I were to do something like that, it would crush them. I don't want to crush them because I love them and I think of them. And I don't want to hurt them. And God brings that to my mind. The third reason is, is that, well, I love you and I love being your pastor and I don't want to forfeit it. I don't want to disqualify myself. I too have had pastors in my life that, that I upheld, that I loved, that I respected and, and, and they had some type of moral fall and hurt. They weren't even thinking of me when they did it. They weren't doing it to, to hurt me. But God, God brings you to my mind. And I don't want to be unfaithful because I don't want to hurt you. But the other thing that comes to my mind is, is what we read in Hebrews just now. I don't want to be judged by God. 
I, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna stand before him one day and, and have to relive that. I share those with you in hopes that maybe they'll help you. Because I can tell you, there's probably more than one person sitting in this room and more than one person watching online right now who's either having an affair or thinking about it right now. And we need to display faithfulness in our marriages. You need to stay true to the person that you love. Another thing I'd like us to think about where faithfulness should be displayed is in our faith family. In other words, the the people that we worship with, the the people that we follow God with, if, can I just tell you something? If someone is following God alone, If I were a betting person, I would bet they're not following God. Because as I read the scriptures, I can't find anyone who followed God alone. Now they may have had moments of isolation where they were in jail and they're alone. Or they may have had a, a moment where, where they, they made a decision and it created tension in their family and they felt alone, but they were truly never alone. There was always someone else in their circle who was following the Lord. And where we need to be faithful is to one another. As, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we, we need to be faithful to one another. In the New Testament, um, over 50 times, we are told to do something to one another. I call them the one another verses. And if we do the one another verses, we will be faithful to one another. Let me, just, let me just give you a quick list of what we're supposed to do to one another. We're to be devoted to one another, honor one another, live in harmony with one another, love one another, don't pass judgment on one another, accept one another, instruct one another, greet one another, agree with one another, encourage one another, be Be kind with one another. Be compassionate with one another. Speak psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit with one another. Have the mindset of Christ with one another. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Fellowship with one another. Over 50 times we are told to do something one another. And when we do it, that's being faithful. God reveals his faithfulness to people 
through people. And as we do those things to one another, we become a living representation. We become God's faithfulness in that moment for that person as we faithfully follow him. He flows through us to them to display his faithfulness. And, and I can tell you, inside the church, this, this idea of being faithful to one another, it is an afterthought for many people inside the church. Fortunately, there are also many people in the church that take this very seriously. But it is under attack in our world, the idea of being faithful to your brothers and sisters in Christ by doing some of those things that, that we find in, throughout the scriptures. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says it this way, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We are to be faithful to one another. I read a story about a lady. Her name was uh, Georgine Johnson. She actually lived in Cleveland at this time. And in 1990, she turned 42 and she wanted to do something to improve her health. She wasn't very happy with uh, her weight gain and those kinds of things. So she started walking and then she started jogging. And so she needed to set a goal in her life. And so she decided that she would sign up and run a 10K, which is about six miles. So the day came for her to run in this 10K that she had signed up for. And in her excitement and being distracted by all the activities, it, it came time for them to start. She heard the horn, she followed the crowd, she got into the line and the, the gun went off and she started running. And about four miles into her jog, she realized they weren't turning around. It was supposed to be a loop, you know, and, and there was no loop at four miles. There had never been a turn. And she turned to another jogger and she said, when do we turn around and go back to the finish line? And the guy started laughing and he said, you're not in the 10K, you're running the marathon. <laughs> and she had took off with the, long, with the wrong batch of runners. The 10K actually started 15 minutes after she, this group took off to run the, the, the marathon in Cleveland. So she decided she would just finish running the race. The longest she had ever run was eight miles, but that day she ran the entire marathon. When she got done, someone had found out what had happened and a news reporter came and asked her, he said, what, what were you thinking? You know, when you found out you were in the wrong race, what went through your mind? And she said, well, this is what I thought. I thought, first, this isn't the race I trained for. And this is not the race I signed up for but this is the race I'm in. And that happens to a lot of us, doesn't it? We find ourselves in a, in a life situation. It's not something we trained for. It's not something we signed up for, but it's the race we are in. And we have a choice to make to be faithful or to fall out. 
And I believe our experience with COVID was a good snapshot of the faithfulness inside of people when it comes to their faithfulness to the Lord, their faithfulness to one another. As we went through the, the, the response to that, what we, and I'm not here to argue about what was right, what was wrong. All I know is that we found ourselves in a race we were not trained to run, nor did we sign up to run that race. And every one of us had to decide right then and right there, who am I going to be faithful to? And we saw both. We saw people fall out of the race. And we saw people running harder. Only you know how you ran that race when it comes to being faithful to the Lord, being faithful to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Only you know how you ran that race. But that was a snapshot. It's a good way for us to look at where am I in, in allowing the Holy Spirit to develop faithfulness inside of me? Because there will always be races that we didn't train for and we didn't sign up for. And we have to decide, are we gonna be faithful to the Lord? Am I gonna be faithful in my marriage? Am I gonna be faithful to my brothers and sisters in Christ? And yes, there are other important relationships. But the question is, will we be faithful? I wanna leave you with a prayer this morning. It says, Lord, thank you for being faithful to me, even when I am faithless. Because that's who he is, you know that, right? Listen, I didn't talk about that this morning. And talk about the fact that when we're faithless, he's still faithful because that's who he is. But listen, even when I am faithless, you remain faithful. And for this, I praise you. But your faithfulness to me is not permission for me to be unfaithful. Teach me to cooperate with the Holy Spirit's efforts to make me a faithful person. Lord, I want to be faithful to you, so give me an undivided heart. I want to be faithful in my marriage, so give me a healthy fear of sinning against it. I want to be faithful to my church family, so empower me to do the one another commands. I ask it in Jesus' name. I hope that can be your prayer this week or something like it. So I'm really glad you came to Grace Bible Church this morning. I'm really glad you watched online. I, I don't think anyone heard this by mistake today. I think God had something that he was trying to communicate to all of us. And if you want encouragement along the journey of becoming a faithful person, I encourage you to connect with us here at Grace Bible Church. Again, the easiest way to do that is to text the word CONNECT to 330 400-2869. 
and get in touch with someone who will encourage you in this path of being faithful. God bless you. Thank you for being at Grace Bible Church. I hope you have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week.